0: Welcome to the TurfNet Renovation Report, brought to you by Golf Preservations, the Andersons, and the Capillary Bunkers. I'm Anthony Piappi, your host. Joining me is Jeff Sexton, certified golf course superintendent at Evansville Country Club. Welcome to the show, Jeff.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Anthony. I appreciate it.
0: Now, Jeff, I want to talk to you about, you've been at Evansville, you're in your 12th season. You're, uh, you just undertook a massive, uh, what you told me is called a campus renovation, not a golf course renovation, with Bo Welling as the architect. But it was quite the project. Let's first of all talk about the timeline, which I think is fascinating.
1: Yeah, so it was a very condensed timeline. Um, we got with Bo basically in March um, of 2021, hired Bo immediately after interviewing Bo. We just fell in love with him just because we knew the club wanted to do more than just golf, and Bo was really, really good at uh, just kind of looking at our campus as a whole. Um, we went through the, the education process with the membership during the summer of 2021. We asked for a membership vote in 2021, October of 2021 with a 73% yes approval rate and we took off from there.
0: Yeah, and so and you broke ground when?
1: Well, we broke ground the following August. So August of 2022, we shut down the front nine, but decided to leave the back nine open until September 15th, in which the whole property closed then.
0: And you opened back up when?
1: Memorial Day of 2023. Wow,
0: that's quite a condensed timeline. I mean, the fact you were able to get contractors in that short period of time is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, we, you know, we, that was one real big thing about Bo. He'd just come off the PGA Frisco project. Um, Bo knew he had some people that were willing to do some of his work, and we were fortunate enough that, that we hired Heritage Links as our construction contractor. They did a phenomenal job, great relationship with Bo, and we were just really, really pleased that they squeezed us in their already very busy schedule.
0: Now, yeah, right, I mean, you know, I'm talking to golf courses that are that are ta- telling me that they're two years out on their irrigation projects or a bunker renovation because they can't get a contractor for two years. So you guys are extremely lucky.
1: Yeah, we were very, very fortunate. And I, like I said, Heritage Links being a great big firm that they are, I think just had accessibility to a lot of the, the shortfalls and irrigation work, and it just kind of fell right into our lap. So it was just a true blessing for for the club to be able to do it during the time we wanted to do it.
0: And how many architects did you hire before before selecting Bo Welling?
1: Well, we basically went through an interview process. We we, we, we talked to Bo. We talked to a couple others. Um, we brought Bo in first and just instantly fell in love with him. It was kind of like a marriage, sort of. We just instantly liked his theory. Um, we liked his vision um, to back up a little bit. The project really started with the golf course shaper Joe Titzer at the time was uh, Titzer shaping. Joe and I go way back, and Joe and Bo have a great relationship who they now work side-by-side side with one another every day. And so, you know, that's kind of how all that worked. We just decided that Bo was our guy, and, and that's how we chose him.
0: This isn't just a normal renovation. I mean, you guys, you added five new holes. you you abandoned some holes and all, all that. What was the process of the club deciding that they needed – they needed new holes?
1: Well, we really didn't decide that we needed five new holes, but in our biggest one of our issues was that the driving range just wasn't conducive to today's game. Um, it was very old, very antiquated. Uh, couldn't even see the ball in when the T blocks were all the way back on a the day. There were certain scenarios where we only had eight spots available for members to, to warm up. Um, The the golf balls flying further, so, you know, the length of the old range was only about 240 yards, so the guys were hitting the range balls into a very busy road, and so that turned into, like, safety issues. And um, in order to get that range moved and make it adequate, we had to take up where the the old eighth hole used to be. And in order to do that, we had to move tennis. Um, Tennis was adjacent to the old range sort to move tennis courts where we wanted them, we had to eliminate the ninth hole. And then before long, everything just starts getting rerouted. And, and so that's where we came up with the five new holes.
0: So from your perspective, uh, when this is all going on, tell me about a superintendent who's trying to keep nine holes or keeps nine holes open. Nine holes are, you know, are under construction. There's new construction going on. And then you were telling me you also re- later rebuilt the existing greens, right?
1: Yeah, and that was all part of the process as well. So we just took off demoing on the August 1st on the front nine. I let my assistant Chandler Roberts kind of manage the back nine for that last month and a half with my guys, and it worked out really, really well for us. Um, once it got closed and Chandler kind of came over back on my side and um, – you know, I mentioned we'd rebuilt 13 of the main 18 greens. The other five greens we gassed and regrassed They were rebuilt to USGA specs back in 1991. Um, we wanted to just hang on to those greens, so we wanted all the grass on all the greens to match. So we went through the fumigation process in-house and resurfaced those greens, and they're really doing well right now.
0: And what did you select for your turf variety?
1: Uh, we went with Pure Distinction.
0: And what, what led you to that?
1: Well, I just, I'm a talker, so I've made phone calls to some guys over in North Carolina. Um, talked to some guys down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're really, really hot and sweaty here in the Midwest, in southern Indiana. And I just wanted a grass that was going to handle heat real well. I wanted a grass that was going to, you know, we were able to mow it close and get green speeds up a little bit from what I used to be able to do for the membership you know, we deal with a lot of different diseases here in Evansville and, you know, having some disease resistance on the turf is, is appealing. And then my biggest selling factor was just the agronomist, Lewis Sharp, that Tita Green has on staff. He's from Carmel, Indiana, very close to me, um, a person that could come and go. And he, he's made several visits during the process to just help coach me along with growing his grass in and what it needs and what it doesn't need. And, you know, it's just, it was really nice to have him as part of my renovation team.
0: So you get, this really, you get these high temperatures and this humidity in the summertime. What's going on in the, in the depths of winter with you as far as temperatures?
1: Well, this winter we had one really, really bad cold snap, but we're open year-round here in Evansville. Um, we don't average but maybe six inches of snow a year. Uh, temperatures, when it gets cold in January, you know, we'll see the teens a couple of nights but overall it's 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 above freezing most of the winter so it's not too bad.
0: right so you didn't you didn't need a you, you didn't need a grass that was extremely cold tolerant on top of being extremely heat tolerant
1: no that didn't the, the cold tolerant part wasn't really a factor for me now I know pure, pure distinction does green up sooner in colder soil temperatures which was something that we were looking at as well and it's definitely proved that to us but no, I wasn't really worried too much about the bottom end of things, but the, the upper end for sure.
0: And so, with, with this, with these addition of these holes, these abandoning of holes, um, also save you know keep, keeping along with some holes you have. What what was the project or the process with the irrigation system?
1: Well, that's a good question. And so, it was another reason why we chose Heritage Links because they do both golf construction and irrigation together as one unit. Um, basically, the irrigation crew had to kind of synchronize themselves with construction. Uh, it was, I would say, if you ask them, it was probably a little bit tricky because there were times that the irrigation guys maybe had to go help with the construction side for a while until they could go back. But we just kind of piecemealed the thing around as we went. You know, some superintendents want to wait and have nine holes ready before they seed greens. I knew I didn't want to do that. I wanted to get the seed in the ground as soon as I could. So Heritage Links was really good to get each, each green ready and irrigated and grassed around and bunkers built so that we could seed them. And, you know, for long, you got 17 different greens at 17 different stages, but it's worked out real well with that for us.
0: And, and what did you end up putting in? What, what was the system that you that you purchased? Or uh,
1: So we went with the Toro Infinity system, um, triple row irrigation, uh, full circle heads on all three rows um hdpe just because at the time it was is it was the most cost effective uh, we have a lot to learn with hdpe because we're a pvc type of place but uh the cost difference was so drastic and the availability that we had to make that move and so we're just going to learn as we go
0: did you did you um did you update the, the old system as well? Is that, is that all new pipe or the existing system? Is that all new pipe?
1: No, one of these days, the club's going to get that finished. Um, the original system was put in 1986, um, double row irrigation, um, PVC laterals and main lines. Uh, right now, I would say 50% of the system, well, it's probably more like 40% of the system is brand new, and 60% is still 1986. So we still have some work to do as far as irrigation.
0: And and how's that been working out with uh, with the compatibility of the of the new p- parts and the old parts and all that?
1: Well, it doesn't seem to it seems to work fine when it comes to actually irrigating the turf. But now we're to the point where if I, if a six seventy sprinkler head goes bad, we just have to physically dig it up and replace it with a new head. Um, you know, Toro doesn't make parts or even make that sprinkler head anymore. So, you know, we deal with some glue fitting. Uh, 1986 glue joints starting to break a little bit but overall i mean i guess that's been the hardest part to try to sell the remainder of it was one the cost and two just the old stuff still kind of sort of keeps working
0: yeah i was going to ask you that are you at the point where it's wearing out and you're you're getting frequent breaks um with with the uh with the old system
1: well that's another thing too to tell the truth is that you know we deal with about six or eight glue joints a year um you know the, the club updated their pump station back in the early 2000s to a vfd system and those type of pump stations are so easy on pipe and everything that overall we we do pretty well irrigation wise
0: um does it? do you get the feeling that the, the club is going to go with this that they're going to they're going to update the rest of the system at some point in the near future
1: Um, We really haven't discussed it just because of what we just went through. But I think now that we've got Bo's work out here and, you know, we're currently in a a drought, if you will, and we are noticing, you know, weaknesses in the old system, um, that I think conversations will begin to arise over the next couple of years. But right now I'm kind of just, I'm not trying to overwhelm them too much, and we're just kind of living with what we have at the moment.
0: Uh, Okay, well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Introducing Genesis Rx, a line of comprehensive fertility and soil amendment solutions specifically designed for airification, construction, renovation, sodding, sprigging, and seeding. These blends represent the most comprehensive fertilizers the Andersons have ever produced, offering single-product solutions designed to simplify fertility and save time in application. To learn more, visit AndersonsPlantNutrient.com slash turf. From fairway and greens drainage to full-scale renovation work, Golf Preservations can handle your project with ease, and give you the peace of mind of knowing that professionals are caring for your valuable golf course assets. Since 2005, Golf Preservations has meticulously installed over 500 miles of drainage pipe on more than 300 golf courses nationwide, always keeping disruption of play to a minimum. Visit golfpreservations.com or call 606-499-2732 to speak with us about your next drainage or renovation project.
1: The capillary bunker system keeps bunker moisture at optimal levels to eliminate washouts, soil contamination, plugged ball eyes, and other bunker maintenance and playability problems. The patented capillary bunker system not only rapidly drains rain from storms, but also moves moisture back up to the bunker sand, through capillary action, as needed during drier weather. Capillary bunkers last longer, average a 3-year payback, and provide better, more consistent player experiences. All with a 10 year performance guarantee. For more information, visit capillarybunkers.com.
0: Okay, we're back on the TurfNet renovation report, and my guest is Jeff Sexton. Jeff, let's tell me about this. Is This was your first uh, um, renovation experience on growing in New Greens.
1: Yeah, it was. I grew up with the father that was a 42-year golf course superintendent. He was kind of a project kind of guy. So he expanded a public course when I was a young kid from uh, nine holes to 18. And I was able to kind of tool around with him in that project. And, and I still kind of remember some of the practices. And that, that that experience helped me build confidence in knowing that I can do do one. But yes, overall, it's my first one that I've managed myself.
0: What was, what was the course that he uh, expanded?
1: Uh, he expanded Clearcrest Pines here in Evansville, um, a little public course that, that did well for many years and is no longer open after he retired and they just decided to sell and move on.
0: Okay, now looking back on what you saw riding around with your dad, what are some of the things that you, know, you remembered or implemented while working on your project?
1: Well, it's like just simply, you know, making sure that drain lines are installed properly in the bottom of the green cavities, you know, things really haven't changed a whole lot green construction-wise, you know, pea gravel layer depths, you know, making sure the sand layer is uniformly installed. Um, You know, irrigation was done at his project, so it kind of gave me, opened my eyes as to how massive that part of the project is. But just things like that. Um, I watched my dad, you know, the organizational skills that he had and, Uh, you know ordering sod and and working with contractors and I just remember those days like thinking as a young 17 year old punk that like is my dad ever going to do anything around here we're all laying (laughs) sod and pulling rakes and doing the things we do and but now I know what dad was doing it was a pretty stressful part of of a massive renovation so
0: yeah that's pretty amazing it turns out how smart your dad actually was right
1: yes absolutely
0: (laughs) so um and hey, tell me about this. Like you, you were t- you referenced that, you know, you have seven gre- greens that that's essentially seventeen different heights, or you know, at seventeen points along their their growing timeline. How is that? How does that? How do you maintain in that situation greens that need different, you know, inputs and different care all at the same time?
1: Well, the, the neat thing about it. I I immediately, when I knew we were going to do this and the project got approved, I I brought my mechanic in or my equipment manager and I said, hey, this is what we're going to try to do. And really it was more of of him like helping me. So we knew we had the the proper amount of greens mowers to grow in greens at different stages, but it was ultimately up to him to kind of keep me in line with heights of cut, maybe when the last time the green was mowed. Um, I kept track of all the seeding dates um, on my phone just to kind of helped me understand of when I want to start top dressing and do things like that. Chandler, the assistant, kind of took care of the fertility aspect of it. You know, there were days I would just ask him, hey, when was the last time this green got fertilized? And he could tell me. And But really the mechanic made it a huge difference with with trying to keep up with 17 different things at once.
0: <laughs> I, I, from the mechanics I know, um I'm not sure that he – I'm guessing that he wasn't pretty – wasn't exactly happy about having to maintain mowers at that many different heights.
1: Yeah, it was difficult. And like any other project, you know, people have to go through change, and it's hard emotionally. Um, But Jeff did a really nice job, uh, really. I mean, he has his little tablet, and he's still kind of keeping track. You know, we're still trying to grow in a putting green, and our short game complex is getting very close to being the same as all the main eighteen. But he's still kind of keeping me in line. And right before I came in to talk to you, you know, he whispered to me that my mower for the putting green had been ground and sharpened and ready to go. And so he's been real instrumental to, to this whole plan.
0: And on top of all of this, he's dinging up the, the mowers are getting dinged up, right? Because you're, it's it's new new grass and there's a lot of top dressing going on and all of that.
1: Yeah, he was just getting overwhelmed and hammered during the process and he and I just you know, I just tried to help coach him and he did a great job listening and you know, if he was frustrated he would come talk to me and but you know, when he's trying to keep up with everything else and then you you bring in six walking greens mowers that just got annihilated, it doesn't really boast for a very good day, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you like you said, it's you, you have to change. I mean, you got, it, it, for, it, for his part, he goes from maintaining mowers on a golf course that's you know the way it's been for years and you know the usual wear and tear to all of a sudden you know th- this stuff's going on.
1: Yeah, and these new grasses, you can just mow them so much closer, and the mowing equipment the club just invested in a new fleet of Toro Flex walking mowers for the project, and we're excited to have those and. You know, Jeff, the equipment manager's taking his prism gauge out now and looking at mowing heights. He's like, holy cow, like these things are short, you know? <laughs> and I told but, him we got a lot shorter to go. We're just going to wait until we get to cooler weather in the fall and let the greens age a little bit before we get too crazy. But we're having fun.
0: For where you grow grass, what what's the most, the, 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 the time period that's the most stressful on the turf? Because that's what you're going to be worried about with, with new greens, right?
1: Yeah, so um, May 1st to the end of September, we kind of call that the 100 days of hell here in Evansville or in the Midwest. Um, it's just really, really difficult, and it's really just managing your moisture. The years like now that when it's dry and you can control what's going in and coming out, the, the years are the, – the high temperatures don't bother us. But when you get rain event after rain event after rain event followed by heat, 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 that's when guys start having – a lot of problems in this part of the country
0: now i know that you know you're we're, we discussed this before that you're you know you're in this heat wave going on right now but from your standpoint being sort of in a drought or droughtish period during a growing isn't the worst thing is it
1: no but i mean we're kind of we're doing okay but we're really having to work hard right now because we've got like five or six acres of grass that's only been on the ground like five or six weeks and that thought is just we can't get we give it so much water it gets wet too wet and then we try to back off and then it wants to you know drought up a little bit and so we're kind of fighting a fight right now that yeah I've learned through this process no rain is good until things get tacked down to hold the ground in place you don't want any kind of washing or moving but everything's to the point now where are me and my guys are ready for a couple of nice soaking rains. <laughs>
0: how's what's your weather forecast look like
1: well they keep telling me like this last weekend we had you know some folks around us that got hit with some awful hail and stuff but that rain event just opened up and right around evansville country club so we missed that one and we've got a chance i think this afternoon or tomorrow but it's not super high so we'll just let the pumps keep running and keep doing the best we can i guess
0: yeah, I it seems to be that I'm in Connecticut and it seems to be the same way is that these storms are coming through and you know, a golf one golf course is getting two inches of a rain event and the other one four miles down the road is getting less than a you know, an eighth of an inch kind of thing.
1: Yep, that's exactly where we are.
0: what, what did you um what did, by the way, I meant to ask you, what did you put down for, for uh sod on your on the new fairways?
1: So we had, we're a Myers Oisia golf course and so we laid Myers Oisha and that was another challenge. Um I wasn't scared because I knew Meyer was such a great grass, but we basically laid Zoysia grass from September all the way through into March and April. So we laid dormant Zoysia all winter long.
0: And this was just your crew, or was this this also the construction company?
1: The construction company laid the sod.
0: And then once it starts to, like you said, then once it starts to green up, that's when you kind of need your rain and you haven't been getting that?
1: That's, that's exactly right. We've just been pumping, 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 and pumping. Right.
0: Now, uh, you're not doing city water? Or are you doing city water or do you have wells?
1: No, we've got a creek that in the springtime can be a real pain in our butts. But we're liking it this year because we pump out of the creek into the irrigation pond and we just throw it back out on the golf course. So it's a pretty love-hate relationship with the Pigeon Creek. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, Which is the same as every superintendent has a creek running through and near their golf course would tell you, right? That's right. Um, and, and how is the how has the, uh, the membership reaction been to... Um, to the to the new to the new golf course.
1: Well, the membership is just static about what we did. Um, they knew what we were going to do, but really didn't understand. Or we just—it's really at the end of the day. It starts with the golf course architect, and 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 the, the the membership is so proud of what Bo has done to this place. I mean, it's basically they got a whole new golf course without renovating the whole darn thing. You know,
0: right, right.
1: I mean, it's our driving range is getting ready to open tomorrow. Um, short game is getting ready to open tomorrow. Um, just more excitement there. But the membership is absolutely just loving the work that was done.
0: That's And that makes your job so much easier.
1: It does, absolutely. And they were, you know, I'll tell anybody or any superintendent trying to help a club sell a project, if your membership doesn't want to be inconvenienced, then you're never going to get a project approved. I mean, my membership was so good to us, never complained about when they were going to open. Um, the club, A lot of our members just, just joined other clubs around the area and kind of just disappeared for the 10 months that we were closed. And I've told them a hundred times, I mean, it was just a blessing to have a membership that just never, never bothered the timeline whatsoever. They just trusted it.
0: That's fantastic. And that's not, yeah. as you know, that's not always the case.
1: No, it's not. It's hurry, hurry. When are we going to get it back? I can't believe we missed the deadline by three weeks or whatever, but I mean, ultimately it's an outdoor project and timelines are, you know, they're hard to meet sometimes. And I mean, we did pretty darn good in a 10 and a half month stretch from start to finish.
0: Jeff, you have a, a really good uh, Twitter account um, and you see, you know, you really keep, you, you, you do a lot of uh, updating on what's going on, on the uh, during this project. Was that do you think that was part of the reason that that membership understood?
1: Absolutely. And I also did emails a couple times a month, keeping them informed. But the Twitter account has been really, really good. It's, it's kind of unique that, you know, I, I use Twitter as more of just a marketing tool for the club more than anything. There's so many people around town that don't belong here that know what we're doing. They might be contemplating a membership I know a couple of years ago in my review that they told me that they did not want me to stop the Twitter account because we get new members from it. You know, people want to be involved with new. They want to be involved with action. They want to see where their dollars are going. And that's kind of what Twitter has done for, for Evansville Country Club.
0: And for those who want to follow you, it's, I want to make sure this is right. It's ECC Super 77, right? ECC yes, Super sir. 77.
1: Okay. Yes, no, sir. And, and I
0: think it's, I think that's, you know, it's smart to do it that way. People people are following twitter even people who who are older who didn't you know who are didn't grow up with the internet and social media it's amazing that that they've learned to follow along like that
1: that's right and my membership just really loves it but it's it's kind of neat too to see people when you hear a guy that comes up to you that you don't even know you know it's a different side of a relationship and it's it's kind of a weird part of it but unfortunately it's that era that we live in but you know people know who you are but they've never met you and it opens up opportunities for relationships. Eventually they'll come and see you or, you know, you hear somebody that has joined the club because of the work that we've done and they've learned it through outside social media that that's the stuff that's rewarding about all of it.
0: And, and it's, it's, I find it very interesting, like, you know, having the same experience where you're not sure if people are listening to you or following you or reading what you, what you tweet or, you post on Facebook and suddenly you bump into somebody or somebody messages you and talks about, it's obvious that they've been following what you, what you do. Um, and I, that's a really, that's a really interesting, um, dynamic of social media is to right is to have somebody kind of come out of the woodwork and be like, I've been following you for a while and I like what you do.
1: That's right. Yeah, It's been, uh, it's been really good. You know, for me, I've got, I've got guys I haven't physically met. Um, But I reach out to them through direct messaging because I see that they've done similar work and just asked about their experience. Or, you know, I was talking to Brian over in North Carolina um, about PGRs on pure distinction. And, you know, he was a huge help to me to help me understand what I could and couldn't do. And, you know, now I'm seeing the benefits of his experience. And, you know, that's just what's really cool about what we do, you know,
0: yeah, I just think the fact that you could go on Twitter and find somebody who's growing or ha- or grew in with pure distinction, and contact them and and you know the amount of knowledge that you can that you can find it, it is amazing. I yeah. just the way superintendents talk to each other about specific, very specific things, like you just said, P- PGR and pure yep. distinction. I mean, that's that's fascinating. Yes, it is. To
1: me. Yep, and,
0: and and essentially you're you're you know you're you're getting so you're finding somebody who just not knows about it not only knows about it but is well versed in it that's used it yeah you know yeah in the real world
1: yep absolutely
0: well listen I want to thank you for your time today this has been very interesting um and I hope you know best of luck going forward I hope the weather I hope you get the rain that you need uh and you know I'll continue to I'll continue to follow you on Twitter
1: yeah well we appreciate you uh, asking us to, to talk to you today and You know, my membership will be thrilled to know that their project got spoken about another time somewhere else. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. (laughs) Yep,
0: That's good. You've been listening to the Renovation Report on TurfNet Radio. Uh, This concludes today's episode with my guest, Jeff Sexton, certified golf course superintendent at Evansville Country Club. Thanks, Jeff.